Welcome to Take Your Health Back Now, how to live healthy in our increasingly unhealthy world with your hosts, Kendra Duquette, Jenny Wise, and Dr. Drew Duquette. Hey everyone, it's Kendra and Jenny from Take Your Health Back Now. Today we're going to be talking about pet health. So that'll be a good, happy conversation. <laughs> yes. Mostly. So we are on season two, episode four, I believe. Yes. Yep. And this is going to be all about pet health, um, dogs in general. Right. And then, you know, you can take this and apply it to other household pets too. Yeah. So the statistics are pretty similar to uh, people. So I had a health food store for dogs or pets in general, dogs and cats, um, for several years. And I noticed the people that were coming in. The issues their animals were having were exactly the same thing as people. So like skin issues, pancreatitis, thyroid, all these things, cancer cancer is a big one, um, that are really only, you know, people should be having these normally. Um, But everybody's dog was sick with something. Um, So 55% of all dogs are obese. So we have those issues. And, you know, with obesity comes issues like, liver and heart disease and that type of thing. So those are very prominent in dogs. Uh, One in two dogs will get cancer in their lifespans. Ironically, one in two men will get cancer, one in three women. Um, So it's one in two dogs and one in three cats. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Chronic conditions, same as people, like I mentioned, just across the board, all kinds of things. Um, even, you know, you see a lot of dogs with the ear issues going on, mm-hmm. stinky ears, stinky skin. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of allergies. Um, the average lifespan of a dog is half of what it was 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I was a little kid, my uh, aunt and uncle had this dog and it was like everyone's favorite dog. Uh, and, you know, everyone loves this dog and her right. name was Lady and she got breast cancer and she died. Oh, really? And I distinctly remember, and I was not very old, probably like six or seven. And I thought, you know, I remember everyone reacting to that. Like it was right. so weird that the dog had cancer and it was so crazy and they couldn't believe it. And now right. you hear about pets having cancer all the time. Like right. it's super common. It's so that's right. a really short time frame for people to have just gotten used to these diseases happening i feel like right generally we notice things like that happening but this has been really a lot has happened very quickly right and something else i noticed when you know most of our career we worked with people and then working with these animals that people are starting to wake up to what's going on with people and that we need to, you know, eat better food and address the environment, that type of thing. But for some reason, even these people that are totally getting what they're doing in their own lifestyle, they're not correlating the exact same issues going on with pets, yeah. which I thought was interesting. So you've that got people weird. eating a you know, totally organic diet with you know a lot of vegetables and good source on meat and all that kind of thing. But then they're feeding their dogs science diet, which is all corn, which go yeah. down the line is all GMO corn, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So there's like a disconnect in people's yeah. minds. And it's almost like the sourcing is the disconnect. I think yeah. people associate an issue with pet food. They associate cost and like brand name yeah. with being healthier right. because people feel like if I'm eating healthier food, it's more expensive. The organic costs more than the conventional. So 
if I'm getting expensive food, it must be healthy. I have a friend that says that too. She's like, well, I'm feeding him X, Y, Z, some expensive brand. And I'm like, but what's in it? She's like, I don't know. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's very true when it comes to health or pet care. So like most everyone knows that old Roy from Walmart is probably not a good choice, (laughs) but then you have all these people that are feeding science diet or what's the other big vet brand that can't even think I can't either <laughs> I forgot is, we don't buy them right <laughs> exactly but because they're they're sold from a vet and right. they're oh, higher cost Canaan is then she was talking about her cat, oh yeah that's, that's a big one. one that she was talking about and I was like I I don't think that that's really that healthy especially right. cats being complete carnivores the whole dry food in general is bad right yeah cats should definitely not be eating dry food yeah yeah, and we'll, well, let's start with food. <laughs> so cats are carnivores, like Jenny said, so they really should be eating only meat. They do need taurine in their food. So if they're eating a raw food diet, they are getting that. Um, and they also need not just the meat. Like I know my mom, she had a cat that really did live a long time. <laughs> but um, for like two years, all she fed her was chicken breast. So obviously that was better than something like Fancy Feast or right. some dry food, but cats need organ meat, bone, you yeah, know. Yeah, has to be a variety. Right. It's so if you like think. Your rainbow with your vegetables. Right. Yeah. 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 Because if you think, and it all comes back to what, what somebody would be doing out in a natural environment. So an animal out in a natural environment, a cat would be eating a mouse, you know, the whole, the whole mouse, and they need all the nutrients from all the parts. So yes, definitely a carnivore diet for the cats. Dogs are not carnivores or omnivores, but they're at about 80% uh, the meat. And again, same thing. They need organ meat. They need bone. They need you know muscle meat. They need all of that. And then they need about 20% vegetables. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. They're, I think they're called opportunistic uh, eaters. So yeah, like they could survive on lots of things right. but if they were eating their ideal diet that's what they would be right and a lot of the vegetables well i mean think about your dog if you have dogs like i know mine we're out on a walk and they're trying to grab up the grass and you know different things as they're mm-hmm. walking along but also when they're eating an animal say uh they're getting the stomach contents so it's like it's, it's called tripe but uh you know there's a lot of greens that maybe are not digested in an animal that then somebody like a dog that's an omnivore needs that. Right. So when we feed our house pets, we do need to incorporate in vegetables. Right. And for cats, it's important to make sure they're getting enough liquids because in nature, they don't really drink a lot of just straight water. They get most of that from the, what they're eating, the animals, the hydration. So you got to make sure if you're feeding them raw or canned food, that it's got a really high, uh, water content and if you're only giving them dry food then you have to make sure they're drinking right yeah and actually cats are not um, designed to drink out of a bowl yeah like a dog's are if you've ever seen a dog drink water slow motion their tongue kind of cups down and cups up the water and pours it in almost like a cup yeah cats that's not how they drink because they're designed to actually drink like if you know, water was coming out of a rock and and drink that way. So if you can get a little water fountain for your cats, that's actually much more species appropriate for them. Yeah. That's what I have for mine. And they're also, cats don't have good depth perception. So if they see a bowl of water, they don't actually know if there's water in it, you know, 
out of habit, they they may know that's where the water is, but that's why you'll see them like smack it so they can make sure there's actually water in it. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I love on our podcast when I learn something. But running water helps them because they can see it and hear it. Too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing, like if you if you have a cat, you know, most cats like when you turn on the faucet mm-hmm. and then they play in it and they like to drink out of it. And then and that's why. Yeah. So that's that's a good just tip. Um and then as far as water, also it doesn't matter what house pet it is. Uh, they need filtered water just like we do for yes. the same reasons. Our water is so polluted. Um, so definitely, you know, and that's another disconnect I notice with people, even like people we work with, mm-hmm. they totally get that they should be drinking filtered water, but then they're still giving tap water to their animals. Yeah. And, and think about the size of your animals. If you have a cat or a small dog, think about the quantity of uh, you know medication that's in the water or the bad chemicals in the water or the cysts in the water, they're going to affect their metabolism at a lot higher level, kind of like children. Right. So it's really extra important. Yeah. And then along with the water, we kind of got off the food. We'll go back to it. But uh, with the water, make sure that you're, you know, changing the water out several times a day because bacteria can breed in there really quickly. Yeah. Um, Also cleaning their water bowls. And what the water bowls are made of. Right. So stainless steel or glass because plastics are bad. Um, And then you can just throw them in the dishwasher. So I actually have like two or three sets of all the bowls for all my pets because I have several pets. <laughs> uh, so then we just rotate them out and they can go in the dishwasher, um, you know, and then they can have a clean one. And the fountain that I have, it has, for cats, it, it's hard to find the water fountains that are completely free of plastic. Yeah. Mine has the stainless steel bowl and the stainless steel top, but the fountain part itself is plastic, but that was the best option I could find. Right. Still a lot better. Yeah. And you do want to clean those of course, but because it's not standing water, the water is always moving. You're not going to get the bacteria build up like you would with just a regular water bowl. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good, like what Jenny said with having several different ones and washing them in the dishwasher, because, you know, obviously we wouldn't eat our dinner and then put it on the counter and then put our food in it the next day and keep eating. I mean, it's I mean, the same if you with came animals. to my house and I handed you a bowl that had clearly had food from yesterday from someone else in it, what would you think? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but we do that with pets, especially when they're sharing community. Mm-hmm. You know, one's got uh, something and then they pass it along. Um, so yeah, that's that's important. And the idea that um, they just lick it clean, I think people think that too. Mm-hmm. Like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, and as and cats' mouths are actually much dirtier than dogs' mouths. Yeah, dogs have that enzyme that kind of cleans it up, but right. cats not so much. Yeah, plus when they're eating all raw, or they should be eating all yeah. raw, but all carnivore diet that adds to that too. But definitely, anyway, make sure that they're you're cleaning their water bowls uh, and food bowls, um, and then the filtered water as well. Um, also, if you have a reverse osmosis filter. Um, same goes for people you want that makes an acidic water, but essentially dead water. So you want to make sure you're putting alkalinizing drops into the water for them as well as for you. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. Uh, one thing that's just like a tip with dogs that I usually do is when you make eggs, 
I always dry out my eggshells and then put them in a coffee grinder and grind them up into a powder. And then you can put that powder on the dog food just to get at, you know, added calcium in. It's just a good tip. Yeah. That's a good way to reuse and it's uh, free because you wouldn't normally throw that out. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then as far as food. Okay. So with dogs being omnivores, I, Okay, so we have three really good examples, <laughs> firsthand examples on how taking a dog's, uh, okay, so diet, environment, lifestyle, like we always talk about with people, same thing. So we take a dog, we change their diet, lifestyle, and environment, and how they heal and change. And so this is a good um, example about, even for people, how you don't need tests. People have that mentality that we always right. need tests. Um, and you know, to figure out exactly what's wrong with you to make you better, but it's, it's the same for people as it is for pets. As long as you do all of the things, you will get better. Right. And it's the same with the There's animals. There's the foundation, those four right. big pieces, you know, diet, lifestyle, environment, and movement. And right. if your pet is never getting any exercise, that's going to be a problem too. Right. Um, but if those things are all in balance, then you should see wellness. If there's still something lingering, those are the really few exceptions where you may need testing to figure something out. So right. most of the time you don't need to test. You just need to do the foundational things. Um, and if you do these foundational things before sickness and dysfunction, then you have prevented those. So you would never right. be in the place where you would even think that you would need testing because right. people don't go, I feel great. I should test things. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, the goal is really to learn these lifestyle things that you should be doing for you and your pet to prevent disease and dysfunction. Right. And people talk about it is expensive to feed a raw food diet. It really is. Yeah. But I have not been to the vet in years with my pets. Um, so if you really think about, and we say this with people all the time too, if you think about that, you're investing this money in, in their diet and everything else you're doing with them, but you're saving so much money by not having those visits to the vet all the time and, yeah. you know, and surgeries and medications and tests. I can't believe how much money people spend on their pets. I running so there's pet and, insurance now if right. tells you anything. And also I think what we were talking about that disconnect, people think they're making healthy choices for their pet by buying really expensive food. But if you are doing the raw food yourself, homemade, it's actually less expensive than those expensive brands. Right. So I mean, if you're just feeding the, the cheapest thing off the shelf, then yes, this is going to be more expensive. But if you're paying high cost for something you don't know the sourcing or ingredients, this, if you do it yourself, may bring it down. If you buy the raw food, the frozen pre-made, then it's probably going to be about the same or a little more. Right. Yeah. So we'll give you our examples first and how these animals were able to turn their health around. And then we'll tell you really what, what you should be doing. Um, so. First example was my dog, Lily. Uh, so when I got her, she was about a year and a half when she came to me. But um, by the time I got her, she was emancipated. I mean, she was the skinniest dog I've ever seen, like a skeleton with skin. It was awful. Um, worms. She had worms so bad they were oozing out of her. I mean, it's gross. Sorry. Her her skin was awful. Her fur, when you, she's a pit bull, so she has really short hair. Her fur was almost like splinters. Like it, it was hurt me to you know pet yeah. her and, and her hair would get under her skin she had like a waxy feeling on her skin um all her teeth were broken off and black and 
she'd come from a terrible situation, very awful situation where she was pregnant at nine months old and they threw her out in the cold and all her babies froze to death. And so talk about traumatic, stressful, you know, um, but anyway, well, and then another thing too, and this goes along with, with people experience too. So that all that trauma that she experienced, yeah. it took her years with me before now she'll let me, you know, she'll lay on her back and you can rub her stomach and things like that. She used to always keep that, you know, covered and but anyway over the years with me and it's taken several years of doing all the right things she's now really good looking dog and she's going to be nine this year so she's filled out she's perfect weight her skin is you know nice she's never had a bath because of her trauma she won't go in a small area so I have never given her a bath ever she doesn't smell at all. No, she's super clean and she doesn't yeah. have that like oily, gross feeling. No, her. her fur is really yeah. soft now. She's never had any kind of a weird ear infection or, you know, that black ear that dogs get. Um, that head shaking. Right. Yeah. None of that. She hasn't been to the vet in years. Um, her trauma has healed, but well, we'll talk about what we do later. Okay. So that was one. So talk about a huge turnaround and for I health. just want to say with pets because their lifespan is shorter, you're going to see this um, happen quicker than you would in people. So even though that took years, it's because she started at such an extremely bad situation. So with right. a person, if they were in that bad of a state, it would take, you know, even more than just a couple years to get them to that really, really good state of like perfect wellness. Right. Um, so it's really cool to look at animals that way because you can see it in a, a shorter time frame. Right. Changes. Yeah, definitely. And um, and again, it just shows you why if you start, you know, obviously she was a rescue, but if you start, you get pets whenever you get them and start doing these right off the bat, you're preventing anything from happening. So we wouldn't have had to go through that long cycle. So then the second example was um, my stepdaughter was here living with us for a little while and she brought her dog and he well he's part Sharpay so he has skin issues anyway but <laughs> when he came he was he had some terrible skin issues he had just huge bald patches and he had just bleeding it was really bad um, because of allergies she didn't know what to do um just itching all the time he was just he was a hot mess yeah <laughs> um and she only lived with us for maybe two months I mean it wasn't that long but just getting him on a very healthy diet and living in our house where we don't have any environmental toxins or anything like that took two months and all of that went away and his skin again it all cleared up his fur came back in he was shiny he was soft he didn't smell he smelled so bad when he came yeah. to our house um and he was pretty young yeah so he was young so she maybe got a him, year and a half yeah when she got him as a puppy it seemed like those had already started so but it was not like it hadn't been happening for as long of a time so then it seems like it's easier to kind of turn those things right. around yeah, and that goes with kids, too, yep. that we work with. Kids are always can turn their health back around really quickly because they haven't had this very long lifespan of, yeah. you know, being sick or doing the wrong things. So so he's a good example, too. So with Lily, I started her on complete raw food, nothing else. I mean, as far as food, like she got top of the line, all raw. And that's what she's had ever since. For him, she, she was paying for it, so she couldn't afford all raw so we started him on nature's logic which is the best dry food in my opinion i don't think anyone should be speaking dry but i feel like if there's you a have difference to, between like what we're thinking of as like kibbles dry food right. and then like the dehydrated raw meat 
So this is actually kibble. Is it? Yeah. But it's from all real sourcing. So we'll talk about sourcing in a minute, but you know, it's good sourcing. There's nothing weird in it. Even the vitamins that they add, they fortify are not synthetic. It's the only um, dog food I know of that it's not synthetic vitamins added. So being even that quality of food completely changed his health around. And then that last example is Jenny's dog. Yeah. Rocky. You can tell us. Yeah. He is right now. 15 and a half yeah 15 15 years and six months old this month um and I feel like when we first got him um we didn't do the best food but it was I would say like mid-range kind of like you're saying like the kibble that was fairly decent source that kind of thing I don't remember what brand it was um but fairly early into his life we moved to better wet food and then after that, he went to the like refrigerated food. So it is fresh cooked, um, it's good ingredients, but it is from the store. Like I wasn't making it myself. Um, and as he's gone along, and, and this is another thing where that whole epigenetics, I think you can see play out right. in animals even more where there is, you know, 5% is genetic. You may not be able to change those types of things. And with dogs, with inbreeding and breed selection, that kind of exemplifies that issue. Mm-hmm. So he's a puggle, and they have a lot of uh, issues because yeah. he's a puggle. Uh, so he had some things going on since he was young. But it's you see him as he goes along, you know, he's got lumps and bumps. And you're told, like, oh, dogs just get lumps. They just get bumps. And you're always like, really? Like, yeah. you shouldn't just be growing fatty tumors. That's not a normal right. cycle in nature. But the vet says it's fine. Um, you know, and then this is gross, too. He always had really smelly anal glands leaking. That's part of a puggle thing. Right. Yeah. So that issue. And then you notice as you kind of improve the diet that you're giving the dog, all of those things kind of subside. So, you know, um, at this point over the last year, he is very old. Um, he's got kind of those degenerative hips and eyes and that sort of thing going on. So I have actually started just making his own food. So I've been cooking it, which like I was saying before is actually less expensive. So putting that together and that way I can buy all organic ingredients. I do use a bit of a supplement powder. that's uh, vitamins made for dogs. If you're doing their own food and it's all organic and good sourced, but it makes it so much cheaper. And he actually loves it when I'm cooking it. I try to cook like once on Sunday for the whole week, he like hangs out and gets all excited. But I'm thinking like, what? at some point that was normal and it wasn't even right. that long ago. People made food for their pets. The whole dried kibble and getting speed at the store is actually a fairly recent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I keep thinking, oh my gosh, she's on his last legs. What are we going to do? And then, you know, that's when we switch to the refrigerated food. Oh, and he got much better. He's not stinky. He's jumping around more. And now that he's on the homemade food, like, I think he might actually live forever. Yeah. I'm no, he sure. was, they were talking about having to put him to sleep. Yeah. And then she started making his food. And then, yeah. And now we keep talking about he's going to live forever because yeah. it's completely changed his, his health around. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's crazy. And you think back and you're like, you know, if I had started doing this when he was just a puppy, 
how much of these issues I, we would not have had to deal with and just the quality of life for our pets, like how right. better he probably would have felt for right. that whole time. Exactly. Yeah. So the stages of food are the very best is raw, just all raw, because that's what they would be eating. The next best thing is cooking, like Jenny said, yeah. with all natural ingredients and sourcing, of course, is always huge. So you want grass-fed, you know, the, the sourcing to be as good as possible, just like people. Um, so cooking, or even there's some canned that's okay for yeah. those dogs that, you know, have to eat canned. The thing with canned, though, is your it is processed and it is BPA yeah. issue, you know, with the cans, that kind of thing. So raw, cooking your own, maybe canned if it's a really, really good source. Dehydrated is good. And then kibble if it's a really good source and i really only know of two brands that yeah. are even a good source and then from there on it's like feeding your dogs potato chips every single day or mcdonald's right really and it's just not surprising that they get tumors and they die really early and they're overweight mm-hmm. and all of they have diabetic there's so many dogs that are diabetic yeah. and on insulin and even yes. injuries. So if your body's breaking down and overburdened, and this goes with people too, um, people that get injured a lot or pulling muscles or degenerative discs or hip dysplasia, you know, I guess that's dogs, but hip <laughs> replacement. Yes. Um, it's the same thing with dogs. I can't believe how many dogs are getting surgeries after surgeries. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy that all the people I know that have dogs, like they get older and they're like, oh, we had to take them in to get this removed or that removed. And it's almost like people have this like dollar sign in their mind. Like, well, right. if it's going to be more than $3,000, then we can't do it and we'll have to put the dog down. But anything under that is totally worth surgery. Like, yeah, but it's, it's still that conventional medicine right. mentality that we all have. Um, also, Okay, I just wrote down what you were talking a minute ago. Flea and tick medication. So many people are like, because that's just part of the conventional veterinary protocol. Are you on your flea and tick medications? And now they have them where it's all year long. Well, I know we've talked about this before, but anything that is designed to kill, so that would be like a flea collar, flea. I feel you like know. the topical ones at least are a little better because now they have the ones where they eat it and their right. actual skin and blood and whatever the animals the bug is eating kills it so right. that's coming from inside your pet right. your pet is poisonous right so it's circulating all the time and not to mention if it's designed to kill a flea or a tick 24 7 it's also killing all of your pet's microbiome that they need to be healthy yeah the, um, the thing about epa certified antibacterials or insecticides is they cannot actually tell the difference. You know, if that chemical doesn't just target a flea or a tick, it's just that fleas and ticks, their size, their makeup, that's the chemical that kills them best. It's right. still killing anything living that it comes in contact with just right. at a slower rate or at a different metabolism with different animals. So it's right. still bad. Anything that's designed to kill, and I know we've said this before, probably more than once, anything that's designed to kill is designed to kill life. So yeah. it doesn't matter. I can't discern between the flea's life and your dog's life or the microbiome's life. It's just killing life. So the fact it doesn't kill your dog is just exactly what Jenny said. It's enough to kill that flea, but it's acutely, chronically, I mean, not acutely, chronically, accumulating, slowly making your dog sick. Yeah. 
like so many chemicals that we're ingesting or in our water and that type of thing. So definitely. So, and here's another thing. And we talked about this with people. It's the same thing. So you're not going to get infections and that type of thing in your gut um, or fungus. You know, people have fungus on their meals, whatever. You're not going to get that if your body is in balance. Right. So anything like that likes to live in acidic environment, low oxygen, that kind of thing. So if your dog is very healthy, you're not even going to, they're not going to be a good host for fleas or ticks. So even if they come in contact with them, when you're out walking them, they don't want to stay on your dog because it's. You're going to get infestations. Right. And if you're going somewhere, you know, if it's summer and you're going deep woods hiking for a week with your dogs, the same precautions, just check their fur. You can use natural oils that repel the insects from getting there in the first place. Cedar oil is great for pets. Right. There are a lot of essential oils, although be careful with cats and essential oils. Make sure you look that up um, because there are a lot of essential oils that are toxic to cats. I feel like cats don't really, even though they're out in the summer, it's not the same like where you would take your dog hiking with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as you're doing that, like Jenny said, essential oils, if you're out feeding them a species appropriate diet, diametaceous earth is really good. You can put it on their fur. You can also put it in their food, just sprinkle it on. Um, but they're not even going to get fleas and ticks. My, my dogs, like I said, Lily's almost nine and Randy and Pip are almost 10. They have not had flea medication ever since they've been with me. So I've had Lily for seven years now. She's never had any of that ever, not once. And yeah. I've never found, not once, found a tick on her or none of them have ever had fleas. Um, no, I don't do that either with my pets that we've had and they they don't have them. The one time that we had fleas in our house was because someone brought their pet over to visit mm-hmm. and they had fleas and then we ended up with some in our house. But even that, it's not like they got on my pets and we had this infestation. There was some in the house and I killed them and they went away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's huge. And just remember it all comes down to the environment and then what's happening in your internal environment. So people, pets, doesn't matter. Same thing. Um, Also what we're talking about that vaccines and medications Mm -hmm. are toxic, just like for people. So with, you know, so much of the veterinary medicine, I'm sorry if there's a vet on here listening (laughs) We We're know not, that most doctors right. and most vets get into what they do to be helpful. But right. They're trained in a system that is not made for chronic disease. It's not made to prevent disease. It is just made to cover up the symptoms once you have some. Right. And vets are trained almost exclusively by the pet food companies and pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. So that's, that's why. So I apologize. But um, with the vaccines, the only vaccine that is legal to have for your pets is rabies. Not that's legal. That's required. I mean, required. <laughs> Legally required. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Um, is rabies shot. But right now they do a one year or a three year. But so always get the three year because they're exactly the same thing. Um, and this probably is different by state, though. Probably. This is Illinois. Yeah. So check your own state. But that happens to be actually I know in our state in Tennessee because of my stepdaughter living there. Um, yeah. and it's the same here just recently they've made it so that if you have cats they are also legally required to have rabies shots even if they're completely indoor cats my cats right. are all indoor they don't go outside and i just have opted out of that hopefully i mean for me i'm like me someone's Mine's gonna come in outside. my house and right 
find that out, you know, I don't know. Or a raccoon's going to come in. And right. Or the dog is going to I mean, have rabies. I'm not going to notice my dog has rabies. Then he's going to attack my cat. They're going to have rabies and they're going to attack us right. and we're going to get sick. I, this, it just seems very far-fetched yes, for I it agree. to be legally required. Yeah. I understand there's colonies of feral cats. There are issues with rabies. If you're in that situation where that's the better choice, maybe. For me, I don't think I would ever be in that situation, right. but the, the legal requirement to me is a financially pushed thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. But for dogs, you really, I mean, unless, well, anyway. Um, <laughs> they are outside and they say. do have tags and they do have to interact so you can right. get in trouble. Yeah. And if for some reason you had a dog that ever bit someone or somebody accused them, yeah, um, they could put the dog down just because you weren't they weren't up to date on the rabies shot yeah so but make sure it's a three-year because like i said it's the same thing it's just if they're doing it every year they're giving them more than they need and the other thing is some vets not very many but some vets will run tighter um what do you call them i was gonna say exam tests tighter tests on them and that that just checks the amount the levels in their blood so it tells you if they if you need another one. It tests for immunity. So you can say right. they have natural immunity. It's still in their system. So you don't need a new shot. And you yeah. can actually do that with people too, but they don't really offer those very often. Yeah. It's you hard to it. find somebody yeah. that will do it. But if you can, it's great. Yeah. Um, There's lots of studies that show with dogs. And I think this came from a place that maybe wasn't great because you're looking at breed standards and the inbreeding and those kind of issues. But they noticed that the dogs don't develop correctly when they've had a lot of vaccines at a very young age. So they have actually been able to study that and see that that happens. So a lot of people who are breeding dogs to show them for championships, they delay a lot of those things or opt out of anything they don't have to do because it really does create physical differences right. in them even fixing getting your dogs fixed yeah um ha- makes different physical issues with dogs um because it affects their hormones that type of thing so a lot yeah. of people same thing that are breeding or showing they they know not to have them fixed until they're an adult right um whereas rescue dogs you know puppies it's like a requirement for you to right. get adopted and that's one of those situational things you know like two kittens that I rescued, they were not even three months old and they had already been fixed. And yeah, they were so tiny, too. like three pounds. That's yeah. like, gotta be a really good surgeon. Right. <laughs> but you can see with colonies of feral cats and the issue with those, are they gonna survive? Are they gonna have more? I mean, where where do the pros and cons lay? It's just about making those informed decisions, kind of like with your own health. Right. Exactly. Um, and then the Okay, well, with the food, we talked about the food, right? So the four legs of health we always talk about. So the diet, we talked about that. We talked about water. So stress would be falling under mindset. So that's another leg is mindset. So obviously we can't work on mindset with our dogs, but keeping them in a stress-free environment, that's a big one. So remember stress, your body can't discern between a very stressful event or a physical event. So like the same thing goes for pets. So if a pet right. is in a very stressful environment where people are fighting or dogs that are home alone, dogs especially, I think cats don't really care as much, but dogs to be home alone all day, you know, if you're working gone all day, that is very stressful to them because they are very 
Right. You know, they love their people and they want to be around. They're very social. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, they're, they're a social animal anyway out in the wild. And then if they're the only dog and you're gone all day long, that is very stressful to them. Right. So that it takes away from their health. Yeah. It's and if they already have health issues like Lily, those have to be fixed first before those mindset from past trauma or current issues can even be worked on or be healed. Like you have to be healthy and well before you can get that mindset turned around for people we can like think about our mindset do work on it it's a little bit harder with pets you really have to make sure they're healthy and well and then those um, past traumas will kind of go away yeah and i have to say there are so many services available they're not super expensive if you only have one pet and you have to be gone all day you can hire someone local great to come in play with the dog Say hi to the cats. Right. Um, it's really not not that expensive. You can mm -hmm. interview them so you like them, um, and it's a great option. Yeah, that's that's kind of a grow, a growing field. Yes, um, for especially younger younger people or people that work from home or people that love animals and can't have their own animal. But yeah, you can have them come in and just play with them, or yep. they come in and just spend time with them, read them stories, you know, yeah. take them for a walk. There's a lot of businesses now where you can hire them to take them for a walk three times a day or, yep. you know, whatever. And a lot of school teachers during the summer will like board if you're going on vacation, right. that way they don't have to go to a kennel. Um, when we went on vacation this summer, we hired someone she came in and she had no problem feeding our weird homemade food that my kids thought no one would possibly feed the dog. Right. <laughs> she thought it was great. So you can definitely find that. Yeah. Um, that just <laughs> reminded me. So when I talk about raw feeding with my dogs, um, I also give them things like whole frozen fish or as a treat, you know, like a just a small fish. Or duck necks or chicken feet or all of these type of things. But that just reminded me when my daughter watches the dogs when I'm gone, she draws the line at those nice, healthy snacks. She won't touch uh, your freezer is very interesting. Yeah. We have one whole freezer just for the dog's food. Um, and the cat, she's all rust. And like Jenny, I've had her since she was three months old and she's never eaten anything besides raw. Yeah. She's only eaten raw. Um, Okay, so we talked about mindset, we talked about food, we talked about water. So exercise, obviously, is very important for pets. Yes. So again, like Jenny said, if you're not home, you can hire someone to walk them, but make sure that you're getting them out. I think most people are, that's one piece that people are yeah, really good about. With dogs, and I feel like that's actually a good way for humans to get their movement right. in, too. It kind of like, you know your dog needs a walk, so you go walk with the dog. And walking is great. You don't have to do, like... You don't have to take them to trials and be like the Frisbee champion. Right. You know? <laughs> Just make sure with their size, their age, their breed, uh, that they're getting the exercise that they need. So specific, kind of like food. It has to be what they're going to eat and what they would eat in nature. Right. Yeah. And definitely breed specific because some dogs need, I mean, they're bred to, yes. you know, like be herding sheep out on a ranch. That's, that's their job. And that's another thing goes with mindset too. So with pets, a lot of them were bred for specific jobs and they got that job in their head. Like my sister has an Aussie. Mm -hmm. He has that job. He's working all the time. It's so like trying to herd and keep everything in line. So, and some dogs are smarter breeds. 
and they need that job. And if they don't have that job, it's very stressful to them. Right. So keep that in mind too, as far as mindset and exercise. If it's a rescue and you're not sure what breed it is, just pay attention. They'll give you signals. If they're, you know, a highly active dog that seems very smart and always getting into trouble, it could just be that they need more um, mental stimulation. So they really, dogs like having jobs it gives them something to do. It's a routine. It gets out energy. It gets out anxiety. Right. Yeah. And you can do games with them, like hiding treats. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take them to agility class if that's something you like to do too. Like some of the, when we were doing pause for a cause with the rescue dogs, they loved agility class. Most of them, not all of them. But they're, it's almost like going to a playground and they right. get to do all the things. And These it's just like- fun agility classes that anyone can do these are not like the you know you have to do it so well that you're on tv they just have the equipment set up that you wouldn't normally have at right. home so it's kind of like taking your toddler to gymnastics you know they're, they're not going to be in the olympics but it's a good <laughs> exercise it's right. fun the equipment is there for you to use right yeah. so there's a lot of things i know a lot of people that take their dogs and they do scent nose work training mm-hmm. and all these type of things that wouldn't be for every dog. No, but some dogs love it. Yeah. You know? My dog that is the puggle, that beagle side with his nose. That was definitely when he was younger, an issue that we had to like figure out ways for him to not get so distracted by his nose because that was his big thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then also, so everything that we're talking about actually is detoxing for the body kind of like what we're talking about with people all the time too, but you can add milk thistle is good for detoxing because again, there's so much going on in our environment that's out of our control. That's a big one. So to help assist the body, um, this is dogs. Yeah, this is dogs. (laughs) Yes. Also, um, if they're having issues, you know, like Samantha's dog was having all the skin issues, we changed his food, but we also did give him a probiotic. Um, so if they're having a lot of skin issues or digestive issues, that kind of thing, you can give them a good quality probiotic with their food and digestive enzymes too. and digestive enzymes yeah. too. A yeah. lot of people like, they feel like the food is the issue. They try to change it. And then the dog is having diarrhea or throwing up. Uh, that's the change in the food. So you may have that upset for a little while. If you do the probiotic or the digestive enzymes, it helps that not last as long, but when you're changing the diet completely, your gut is going to react. So you have to remember that that's not just because, oh, I tried to give my dog raw food and it just didn't agree with him. It was terrible for him. That's not it. (laughs) It's still the best thing for him, but there is a period where a lot of dogs go through that, where they might have diarrhea, that type of thing. Yeah. Like Jenny said. So think of the probiotic and digestive enzymes more like a short-term fix until we just get them over the hump um, until they're, they're doing better. Uh, what else? And they have some made specifically for pets, but most high quality human grade, as long as you're looking at how much the dog weighs, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main thing with the dogs. Coconut oil is a good antibacterial antiviral, um, works well with ears, with skin issues. But again, as long as you are getting them healthy and eating the right food, they shouldn't have those issues. I actually use the coconut oil in the food I make since it's a good fat. Right. And he's got kind of bad teeth. Yeah, I give my dogs a spoonful every day. It's a yeah. treat. They really like it. Um, apple cider vinegar is good for skin issues. Yeah. That's a really good one. Or sometimes people, people get the <laughs> corn flake or like corn curl smell on their feet. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, That's good for like Fritos. Right. Apple yeah. cider vinegar is good for that. You can put a little bit in their water. Um, 
And then the other big one is environments. We talked about the outside environment that is out of our control. But your immediate environment is your home, right? Your yard. That's a big one for dogs. Yes. Um, If you're using any kind of yard chemicals, your dog, think how tall your dog is and it's close to that. Again, it's a poison. The pads of their feet are just skin. Right. They're just going to soak things up. Right. Um, So definitely don't be spraying your yard at all Mm -mm. if if you have dogs out in in the yard. And if um, you don't have a yard and you're in a city or you're someone that goes to the dog park, make sure you look into that, where you're walking your dog, where you're right. taking your dog to play, um, what they're using, that kind of thing. That's a hard one. That always makes me so mad yeah. because, you know, if somebody has their yard treated or even like parks big, you know, you have a giant park and they'll have one little flag in the corner that's it's big yeah. to tell you that the, the lawn company has been there. So yeah. be on the lookout for those those flags um, and don't let them walk through that grass like Jenny mentioned. Um, And then everything in your environment that we already have you do as a person, you're just inadvertently helping your dog. EMFs are a big one. Yeah. Um, So they do make little EMF protector tags. You can put your, on your dog on their collar, Mm -hmm. especially like when you're out, Um, see where your router is, you know, all the things that we tell you about as a person. Right. If your dog has a specific place for his bed or his crate or his you know his room or right. her room whatever they identify as uh, <laughs> then make sure that's not like where you keep all your electronics don't have your router and everything stacked up there and then the dog sleeping underneath of it right or even next to an outlet on the wall yeah that can be a big one especially if something's plugged in um also uh just your dog is closer to the floor you know, same goes with kids. They're closer to the floor. So that dust, if you have any fragrances or your cleaning products, that type of thing, you know, it always settles into a dust on the ground. So they're closer to that. So again, as long as you have non-toxic cleaning products, you know, you're addressing all of that on that level for you as well. And the same for the products for the pets. If you go into the pet store, there are just shelves and shelves of dog perfume and cat scented wipes and you know, right. waterless shampoo that makes them smell like fruits, like or colors, yeah, like hair fur dye and fingernail polish. And there's so many dog personal care products right. that people use that are really toxic. Yes. Yeah. So the same as you would look through your personal care products, um, pay attention for your pets. Right. Also, don't bedding. Use them. Most of them you don't eat. No. And <laughs> they do make a lot of alternative less toxic products. Like when I had Nilla's tub, we had a non-toxic shampoos or right. Castile soap with essential oils, that type of thing. And I know I have a friend that owns a grooming business and the poodles that come in to get their hair dyed. Uh, <laughs> she does use something that's a vegetable based dye right. rather than a synthetic dye. So, I mean, but really I feel like a dog shouldn't be having their hair turn purple. I don't know. It's just my opinion. <laughs> I don't have poodles, um, but also bedding is a big one. So bedding is usually toxic. Yeah, they put flame retardant on it on top of other, or it's just made out of like leftover scrap with who knows what inside of right. it. Yeah, that happens a lot too. Right. Um, also, the for dog beds and things, it's usually sprayed with water repellent, like Gore-Tex or something, mm-hmm. super toxic. So you know, be cognizant of where where your bedding is coming from. Um, People like to dress their dogs in the winter. 
Oh, I know how I do that. I'm a pit bull. She's freezing in the winter, so uh, I have sweaters, but they're a alpaca wool. I mean, you know, right. they're really good source. So just just be aware of sourcing for everything that you have for your dog. Um, I had thought of one other thing while you were talking. Oh, I just I don't think we ever said with the with the pet food. So on top of there being GMOs, they're mostly greens, which are totally not species appropriate diet. Um, also, they have pea protein seems to be a new one. It's grain free, but it's really right. pea protein is the biggest ingredient. There's some movement. I this I can disconnect again towards the animals becoming more plant based. Like people right. are into the whole plant based diet, which plant forward eating is super healthy. We eat too much meat, but if I'm a dog or a cat, that is what I eat. That is what is appropriate. Right. But on top of that, and it it goes with people that are vegans or vegans, there's so much processed food now that is plant-based, but it's really that synthetic biology stuff that I've been talking about a lot in previous videos. It was never an actual plant to begin with. Right. It's that computer program of the protein that is exactly the same replication of the plant protein. So they're using that a lot in dog food now. So it's like, I know I've said this before, but it's like GMOs 2.0 because it's, it's not natural at all. And it's something we've never seen in the environment. So their body won't, you know, recognize it. So it's going to react. But this pea protein that I've seen as a number one ingredient in a lot of pet food, yeah. that is symbiology. It's in bio. So be aware of that. Um, also, and then the other, oh, go ahead. It's cooked at such a high heat. Right. To keep it so it's shelf stable. It can be stored. It can be shipped. You know, who knows when that was actually made. Um, there's like no nutrition left by the time the food right. is in the bowl. And again, it's like McDonald's or a potato chip or something. Yeah. And not to mention, can you imagine spending your entire lifespan eating the exact same meal every day? I mean, that's what a lot of Maybe dogs if I do. I really liked it. Maybe potato <laughs> chips every single day, every meal of every day for the rest of your life. Wine and raspberry sherbet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh that's so irradiated that's what I was gonna say yeah so it is yeah if you think about and we've said this about people food before but if you think about kibble how long it could sit on your counter and never rot or mold it could sit there forever yeah because it's dead food I say that about french fries like if you're in the car and you drop your hummus and your carrot in the seats you're gonna look for that because it's gonna get gross Right. If your kid is in the back seat eating their McDonald's French fries and they drop French fries all over, nobody cares. There's always French fries and right. nothing happens. Yeah, because they can they can last years and years and years yeah. and look exactly the same. But it's the same with kibble. Yeah, as opposed to a raw food diet where you're not going to even leave it out at night no. overnight because it would be rotting already. Um, but the one other thing I did want to mention that people I don't even think people know, but the animal protein that goes into dog food, you know, it does say like chicken meal, like it, it uses that meal yeah. a lot in dog food and cat food. Um, the sourcing for those animals is the worst possible sourcing. So not only is it conventional animals that are sick, so um, eating GMOs, but it's called the 3D. So it's dead, deceased. I always forget what it is. Dead, deceased, or what's the other one? 
there's three D's dead, deceased, or diseased, I guess is what it is. So, you know, in conventional farming, they take the best to give to the people and then everything else, all the parts, all the, the sick animals, the ones that just died, all of that, they put in the dog food, which is just, if you think about that, and then anytime you have something like that, even with conventional animals for people, they're sick, stressed animals, they pass that on to you. Yeah. Um, so if you're giving diseased, dead, <laughs> you know, yeah. can you imagine what that's passing on to your animals? So and just keep that's that in why mind. we see more and more of these recalls and deaths from food because the sourcing is just so awful for right. most pet food. You know, those are the things that are causing such a widespread. Uh, acute reaction that they have to pull them but think about the long-term chronic issues that no one equates to their food that these animals are having so you can have a happy healthy long-lived pet who's you know provides you with great mindset you know as a part of your family you're not taking them to the vet and worrying about bills all the time if you think about these things from when they're little right and and all of these also help you so everything with the environment obviously is helping your health your kids health your pet's health um i just wanted to put one one other example of a dog so the world's oldest dog died when i had Noah's tub so i think that was five years ago six years ago but at the time she died i think she was 32 years old and she was some kind of a mixed breed it was in a different country but she had lived her whole life on a farm she had only eaten table scraps of real food. We're not talking processed junk food. <laughs> real food. She got raw goat's milk every day or raw cow milk because they were on the farm. She had plenty of exercise. She ran around. She had a happy life. She actually did not, she was never fixed. So that says something. She had her first one and only litter of puppies when she was 12. So if okay. you think about that, 12 is the lifespan of a lot of dogs right now. That's when they die. And that was when she had her litter of puppies. So um, again, environment, lifestyle, diet. Yeah. She was living the perfect you know, life that way and lived a very, very long time. Yeah. And I just want to say one other thing with pets, uh, taking care of another being is really a high vibration. So it's a really good thing for people. Um, And especially I feel like for kids to experience that if they are taking care of it and you're telling them, like, why are we making the food or why is it this food or why are we you know, doing these things? Then the kids see that in the pets, they just kind of transfer it to themselves, but they're, they're taking care of um, another animal, another being, and they're learning why it's important to think about these things. Right. Yeah. And that nourishing or nurturing, not nourishing, nurturing love feeling that you have for anything you're taking care of. That is one of the highest vibrations. And that is so important right now, even if it's plants, whatever. We've talked about that before, but (laughs) right now we're talking about pets. pets. 
Um, um, also, plants need high source food and water too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we'll do a different podcast. Yes. Um, but also the statistics on kids that have animals, they grow up with animals, grow up with dogs, especially, um, are much healthier. So their microbiome is a lot healthier. Yes. Because they're they're getting dirty more, with the dog, yeah. they're getting dog kisses, you know, all of that kind of thing. Um, they have this nurturing, loving taking care of their animal there's so much goes into it but yeah the the kids that grow up with dogs much healthier yeah yeah so i don't know i think that's it <laughs> but um oh i was gonna say i remember we just put it in the show notes i was gonna give the brand names oh that's a good idea since yeah. we didn't have most of them off the top of our head yeah. oh and if you're watching this when we put it out this week uh we are going to be at an expo this weekend. Oh, yes. So if you'd like to come see us, it's in Tinley Park, Illinois, October 2nd and 3rd of uh, 2021, in case you're watching this way in right? the future. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to put that out there. We will be speaking on Sunday at two, but we'll have a booth there the whole time. So if you want to come see us, pick up some books, chat, learn about our programs, uh, right. we will be there as well as one of our preventative health practitioners. So if you're looking to um, move in that direction. That would be a great time to come find out what we are all about. Right. And, um, we happen. it happens to be a health freedom expo, by the way, because, you know, right now health freedom has never been more important. Um, and what we're speaking on actually is the cause is the cure. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we talk about all the time. That's what we're talking about today with pet health. The cause is the cure. So, if you want to listen to us talk on that topic some more, yes, <laughs> that's what we're we'll talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we'll put the, the brand names in the show notes, but really it comes down to raw, good source. If you can get grass fed, local, just like we tell you for you, same thing with your pets. That's the very best. Yes. That's where you can do. Don't forget about mindset and movement and environment. Yeah. Okay. I hope this helped. That was fun doing one that wasn't. It was. It was much happier. I hope everyone else did too. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Take Your Health Back Now. Featuring Kendra Duquette, Jenny Wise, and Dr. Drew Duquette.